Growing up in the Maasai Mara by Jackson Loseya. I was born in, in the Maasai Mara in a very small place called Lemek, surrounded by beautiful hills which are full of wildlife, elephants, lions, buffaloes. My mother will send me out to herd. You know, you have to respect your mother. Imagine when I was growing up as a little boy and I had to herd cows. And my father, who was out hunting somewhere, I felt like he was my guardian, even though I was walking among buffaloes, elephants, and lions attacking cows every now and then. But that's the place that I grew up. The life is phenomenal. I have learned so much as a little boy, before even my father started taking me out. Imagine an encounter with buffaloes, with goats, Oh, goats running, exploding every corner and us running up trees. That's not the farthest to tell you how to escape. This is just normal instinct. One time when I was herding cows and goats, a hyena, blimey, he got into the sheep and killed one. I felt a loser. Can you imagine going home carrying a dead goat and he said, Oh, mom, I lost this. It was, it was terrifying. It was, it was bad news. Being a little boy, the hyena looked like a massive mother lion. But then I had to encounter, I had my little spear and I ran, you know, charging. And I said, yes, I've got to protect it. And the hyena, he gave way, he ran and he dropped the goat and luckily, I went home with a sense of pride that I saved that animal that day. But it was already dead, but everybody had meat after that. At the same time, when I go home in the evening, I will drop my stick, my shepherd hood, and put on my uniform to show my mother that I need to do homework. That was another very different world. Well, the teacher gave me this over the weekend and I need to read this and I need to take this back. Otherwise, those Catholic nuns and brothers will beat me to death when I go back to school. So at night, I was busy. And remember, I am a kid. I have to behave like any other children. Run around at night on the full moon, go and throw cow dung at each other, sick and hide, go and play with the girls, go and play with other friends. But I have to remember to finish that homework. I was very close to my father. After maybe a week or so, my father now will come around the corner. He's got a bag full of honey. He's got some meat from a buck or from an impala or zebra. Those are the days that I'm looking forward for when my father arrived. He was a big, tall, powerful man. His shadow always guided me. I'm always proud of this man. I feel like no one can attack me when he's around or whenever that I know he's my father. Imagine when you come back and what you bring sweets to your kids. You bring candies or whatever. My father brought honey and I was so joyous when he comes and I put my hand even before he gave me permission and get the honey out. What a wonderful upbringing. Then I grew up and I have to be a man someday. I've got to face the most painful thing on earth, circumcision. And this is now the barrier between being a child and being a man. And my father had to let me that, so I begged him and I said, Oh, please, father, I want now to become a man. I really want to become a man. So he asked me, 
are you sure? He said, yes, I'm really sure. And then I went through that circumcision period, which was very, very painful. I would not recommend to any friend. It is your foreskin being cut without any painkiller. It is not a joke. But you do not flinch. That is the Maasai belief. If you believe as a, as a warrior, as a powerful person, you cannot show any fear or any pain when it comes to that stage. As a Maasai young man now circumcised, I would be facing a lot of other challenges. School is just about to be over. I am now circumcised, I'm a man. My father will give me a bow and arrow. My mother will ask my uncles to give me a spear. I would need to go to the bush and learn how to survive, how to fight, and how to become a man, truly. This old man was so wonderful. In most cases, he would not talk. He would just look at me. And often when we are in our silence, I learn a lot. Sometimes he will take me very close to wild animals. One time he took me very close to a lion. Ooh, that was terrifying. That was scary. I was shaking with fear. Close to 20 meters of a lioness. Bang in the village. Growing up as a young boy, I have seen men in big wounds. Men who have been killed by buffalo. Men who are brutally, you know, scratched by lions to death. And now my father is taking me to these very dangerous animals. Whoa, dad, don't want to do this. He will always say, Ero, Mbarra, which means, hey, young man, be strong. And uh, he, will, he will tell me, you will face tougher challenges and bigger encounters than this. So this, you must do it with me. So I went there with him. We got very close to a lioness. I couldn't do it. I couldn't shoot it. It was so beautiful. This animal was amazing. I saw the power of the shoulders, the color of the skin, up that close. And this lioness kept walking and my father waited me to do it. I said, no. And he asked me why. I said, this is, I actually am fascinated how beautiful this animal is. Ever since, never killed a lion. Yet I had fear. But after that fear, I was fascinated by this power of this animal. And maybe if I did shoot, I might have been mauled by that lioness. I might not be here. So sometimes being coward is being wise. I grew up and I started hunting myself. And after that hunting and herding cows, I found my wonderful, wonderful job that I love the most, guiding. I became a guide through Ron Beaton who taught me how to guide and to care for wildlife and conservation. The moment I discovered guiding, I realized how amazing this world we live in. And I started to learn how to care and how to protect and I started spreading the word, not only to my friends, I will tell, my family members, my sisters, I will tell my neighbors. And after that, I started seeing the benefits. This wildlife, without them, our lives is nothing. In fact, I don't feel anything. I feel like I'm not alive if there isn't anything here. I would be just as equal as dead if there is no elephants around me, no buffaloes, no cheetah, 
no impala, no dictics, including all different insects, butterflies. Can you imagine waking up and you wouldn't see the butterflies flying around your garden? How do you feel? You feel like, why do I need to be in this planet? This planet is empty. But the planet that I grew up as a child, running and catching butterflies and painting ourselves with these beautiful colors of butterflies, showing our parents the, the pride and the joy of catching these beautiful things and looking beautiful like them. Imagine bringing my children without such beauty. I will feel very sad. That's why all the time when I take people out, I will open them. They probably will be in another world where there isn't much around them. But the moment they step into my world, I will open them. I will open their eyes to see butterflies, to see crickets, to see beautiful snakes, to see the beautiful flowers out there, to take those fruits and eat the fruits I ate when I was a kid. Now taking them to this powerful world of big cats. Be with them without hurting them. What a wonderful thing to share to the world. As a guide, I have no hurry. Lions have no hurry either. I'm sure you've seen them. They are professional nappers. They can nap all day or they can sleep for hours. I have no hurry either. When I bring guests out, I would like them to experience a lion in a different way. Not only taking a photograph and three minutes leave, experience the grooming, experience the family memberhood, all the prides, the way they interact, the way they move. Experience the lions when they hunt. Watch them as they move. Which one is the lead? Identify that particular lead female. Be with her. Identify the next generation, the cubs. See which is the next lead by just observing the cubs, the way they behave. Be with them. More so, sit until they get up and walk into the darkness before your eyes. You know these are free animals. And you know you're free once you see the lions walking freely into the savannah. This place is their bedroom. This is where they give birth. This is where they mate. This is where they have their food. This is a, a very sacred place. It's not just a place that you tread and trash it. No, it's a place you treasure it. I actually took a group quite recently and I was dedicated to stay with this pride of lions for 24 hours. In the middle of the night, I think it was about 12, between 12 and 1, I wanted to meet up with these lioness with cubs and this full moon, gorgeous, no lights. As I was sitting there watching at the cubs with my binoculars, suddenly, because it's cold, I sneeze. Out of the blue, out of the darkness, I saw this shadow running towards me. And I was in the car, one window was broken. It was a terrifying moment. This lioness came direct, straight. He nearly banged the car. I mean, he missed the car by an inch. And the reason why she came, it was because of the cubs. The little cubs were in a den and I was sitting with the cubs and I didn't see the mother and just sneezing. It was an accident. Soon after that, the father was there. Out of, like they walk like shadows, just appeared. And another one appeared. 
I was surrounded by 24 lions within seconds. When somebody tells you be careful with a lioness with cubs, they mean it. Be absolutely careful. That day, actually I had fear and I had love. I would do the same. Imagine being a father of children and somebody threatened my family. That's exactly what I would do. So I had fear, total respect. The lions are little ones now coming and they rock the car. We close the roof. It was a little bit of a spooky moment. But, you know, probably we invaded their world more than we should by getting too close to the cubs. Imagine when I have a family and they have kids and so on. They, the, the kids are fascinated by an experience sitting watching a pride of lions. The cubs will be playing. You know, they could take a little twig as a little toy. What, what an amazing thing. And you see the kids clinging to their mothers and their fathers and hugging them. They said, I really want to take one home. They are just fascinated by the experience of having lions around. It's like us. You'll see the big father there. He was standing there. And then the little cubs will be jumping onto the mane. And you see the, the mother is you know, playing with the little cub. It is very, very family. After an experience with lions for four to five days, change the whole of your life. Often people say, I want to come back. Often the children, they say to me, this is the number one holiday we've ever done with our parents. And that gives me a really sense of satisfaction and honor and also humble when I know that some people's lives have been changed by just watching these wonderful, magnificent, mighty animals. I've grown up in the place where the lions roar every single night in my childhood. More and more of those sounds are disappearing. I have done a lot of wildlife census and I've realized the lion's population has gone down massively. The Maasai Mara alone, we think we've got 500 lions. I doubt it. The census we did last time, we had only 200 lions. This is a big, big cat destination. When we did that, it was a wake-up call. For me, friends and, and community members, they said, these animals are in big danger. In fact, in the whole country, we've got less than 2,000 lions in Kenya. And this is a massive country with huge national parks. Lions are in a serious, serious danger. We need to be very careful all the time about their habitat. Because what threatens the lions is us. We would like to have meat every day, beef, mutton, goat meat. And we need wheat, and we're breaking the whole habitat. We're just digging, destroying, destroying, destroying for our demand. And the more we push them, we push them into smaller and smaller, smaller areas. At the end, it will crash. What I am seeing as a positive at the moment is we've got conservation expanding. Rather than decreasing, tourism has brought another dimension whereby conservation is growing into areas where we had lions when we were kids and i'm loving it every day i will among the first people to speak in the meetings to say yes this is a wonderful thing this will bring this lion is the real gold if there are no lions in the mara 
the Mara would not be special. What will make the Mara special without lions? Nothing. We've got beautiful leopards, we've got beautiful cheetahs, which are equally in danger. But without the lions, the numbers of visitors in the Mara would be by half, if not quarter of those visitors coming here. We've got a migration of millions of wildebeest and zebras coming through this beautiful savanna. Then, within the same savanna, the action of these lions hunting, daytime, not in the dark, as you watch. What an amazing experience. Now, if we have no lions, what brings that excitement? Crocodiles alone will not do that. Therefore, I'm calling for the world. Let us protect this beautiful savanna and the habitat of the lions. They are in danger, not only in Kenya, across Africa. Thank you for downloading this recording, which is available at greatguides.org. This talk is copyright and may not be duplicated. All right reserved, recorded in the Mara 2010.